1: Of The Huddle is brought to you by The Athletic Club Oakland, a local sports bar we love. The ACO has shut down their entire side street, created an enormous outdoor space called the Town Gardens, and they filled that space with tables and huge TVs and their full complement of excellent food. It's big. It's comfortable. It's a great spot to watch the NFL, the baseball playoffs, and Warriors games with other fans while still staying safe. I love this spot. I love their food, I love their space, I love their TVs. The Athletic Club is now our go-to spot to watch all sports, especially the Warriors, and we hope you'll join us there. In fact, if I see anyone at the ACO in a huddle shirt, beer on me. The Athletic Club, Oakland, where sports fans can be sports fans again. We're
0: going to bring you on to our huddle.
1: You are in the Warriors Huddle with me, Bram, no Marcus or Maxime or Rusty today, but rejoining me after far too long, the host of the Locked On Warriors, a man who has covered Golden State for the past four seasons, and a guy who just recently joined my fantasy league, but hasn't said anything about what a great commish I am or how funny I am on the postcard yet. Mr. Wes Goldberg, what's going on, Wes? Um,
2: you had like a press release in our fantasy league? Okay. Exactly. Which I thought was really good. You, uh, I guess I'm one of two new people in the Fantasy League. Is that
1: yes. right? Yes, that's exactly right. Okay.
2: And it's th- been a while since there's been a new person in the Fantasy League.
1: Well, just really the thing is that I tried to impress you with that. I mean, so by a little bit of background, there's a, a Fantasy Basketball League that's been going on forever. It's like 16 years in. Um, Wes joined us this year and I'm fired up to have him but there's a little bit of pressure you know like the second he came in i i our post board occasionally is used for humor i put up an an article up there trying to introduce him as the new guy thinking that i'd be like showered in praise and nothing it's been like a week wes hasn't (laughs) said shit about it It it's the first time we talked about it so you know hey man i i you know how it was really it was
2: really well written it was really well written appreciate you um uh i enjoyed it i didn't realize it had been going on for 16 you told me it's been going on for like a really long time i didn't realize it was 16 years so the pressure is on me like i have to make a pretty good first impression on all these on all these people
1: i appreciate you saying that and i'll also because you're being transparent i'll be transparent too so i'm worried about you being in there you and i quick friendship i really like you but we're also just starting to kind of get to know one another and you don't know what kind of a psychopath i am when it comes to competition you know like dude i've ruined friendships over miniature golf like i am that guy there was a period of my life where i had to start playing video games on the same team with people like they'd come through and we couldn't play madden against each other because it was just going to lead to like the ugliest of afternoons so you know I, I don't i apologize in advance i'm not sure how this is going to play man but you know i'm, I'm glad you're here
2: um, I think you and I share a similar level of competition. I almost broke up with an ex-girlfriend over a game of Scrabble one time.
1: So. <laughs> well, tell her to stop cheating, dude. I mean, you know it is. She was cheating. She tried to use the name of a Pokemon. <laughs> <laughs> totally unacceptable. Everyone, please enjoy this podcast because it sounds like Wes and I only have about I don't know two, three more months of friendship before this fantasy <laughs> thing completely destroys us, Wes. Let's jump in. And with the Warrior season actually, you know, being back and Hoop being back on the table, we're going to go back to a segment we haven't done for a while. It's the glass half full. And what we ask here is pick something out from the preseason, even from the offseason that you like, but something that you like, something that you don't uh, from recent Warriors news.
2: Um, so something that I like is the Otto Porter Jr. stuff. Like, through two games, I've really enjoyed what he's been able to bring to the team. I've been really impressed. Um, obviously, the corner three-point shooting is there. Um, all those things, he's healthy, et cetera. Uh, but more than anything in regards to Otto Porter Jr. is the nickname that I've found kind of making the rounds on Twitter and social media, Otto Quarter, Otto Corner Jr. I love that. Absolutely. It's
1: kind of hard to say. Literally, as you were saying that, I tried, I was in my mind trying to come up with it. And because I wasn't positive of what it was, I didn't interrupt you with it. And it's because it's kind of hard to say, but it is awesome. It is.
2: Otto Corner Jr. You got to work work your way into it. But uh, it's a fantastic nickname. I don't know if that's something that was there when he was in Washington and in Chicago, but um, I'm here for it in Golden State.
1: I will use that to catapult into another thing I like and because he's he's one of a lot of people in this theme. I love the shooting the warriors have added. Yeah. I mean, you look down this roster and there's a ton of people who I'd be completely fine with them taking a three-point shot. And that wasn't necessarily true last year. I mean, just from uh From the top of the roster here, Steph, Clay, Wiggins, Poole, Lee, Otto Corner Jr., uh, Juan Toscano Anderson, Malika, Mulder, Chauisa, Galloway. And there are so many guys who are capable from beyond the arc. This year could be a lot of fun, man, especially with the pace they seem to be ready to play at.
2: Yeah, and I kind of brought this up on my podcast um, when they took 69 three-pointers in that first preseason game in Portland. And I was like, Are we sure that that's okay? Like (laughs) 69 three-pointers is so many three-pointers. And it kind of felt like they were just kind of crossing half court and then like, Hey, we're kind of open. Let's just throw it up in the air. Um, And look, they blew out the Portland trailblazers in that, in that win. So I guess it worked. And I kind of brought it up. I'm like, do we, are we sure this is good offense? And then I took a lot of heat on it because Warriors fans don't like me for some reason. And um yeah i didn't then, like you
1: saying it right there i mean literally i got a little defensive as you were explaining 69 that. threes is so many don't you worry though. about that, they, shots. Won. they won and it's the new trend it'd be like if when there's so many well i bet you know this is an old reference but if we went back to like the bill walsh 49ers and you're like look they're just there's too many passes they're doing this too much this is okay. the new offense Wes. this is the future man embrace the change this is going to help i don't us know there.
2: that I don't know that 69% of your shots is the new offense. I mean, we've heard Daryl Morey in the past go like, hey, we're only like with, with the Houston Rockets with all the three-point, we're only like, we're not even close to like the the, the, the max like value of mathematically on three-point shooting. If 69% of your shots being threes is like the max value, I don't know if I'm going to enjoy watching that. I really like the second game against Denver. I thought that was way more fun. They took 47 threes, I think, off the top of my head. Uh, and I thought those three-pointers were of higher quality. Uh, I thought the right people were taking them, and um, and I love that Draymond Green has been taking two three pointers per game, and I think that is the perfect amount for Draymond because once you, if he averages two a game, Bram, that's much better. It's first of all, it's twice as much as one per game, and if he took one per game and he took it like early in the game, then the defense would immediately just start sagging off of him again. Just that's the one. Hold on for a sec. I want
1: to I want to check your math. No, you're right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, two is definitely two times as many as one. Um, all right. Thank you for checking that. I just no, want to make I'm sure. I mean, we can't have, very yeah, time. we can't have bad information out there. Uh, That's no, I mean, th- you're, you're absolutely right. I don't like that you've backed off taking shots at the Warriors newfound three point competency. Cause I was going to say the thing I don't like now is you, but it, it turns <laughs> out that you know, you've, you found the way to, to reel it back. Um, and I'll add another thing that I like, and we're going to explore this guy a little bit further in a different segment. But just what Jordan Poole has been doing, um, and I'll give you another. Yeah, we're kind of
2: bearing the lead. Jordan Poole is kind of the number one story in the preseason right now.
1: There's no question. Um, yeah. And since I've already made a very dated sports reference, let me give you another one. You know he's been reminding me of is Gilbert Arenas, and here's why. You know, the, Gilbert, when he came here, was a second rounder. And he spent the first few months being kind of nondescript. I mean, he could score, but he he didn't really do anything that caught anybody's eye. And then towards the end of his, his rookie year in one, they struck mean, They were a terrible team. They had nothing but minutes to give up and they started him and he had a little bit of success. Then he had a little bit more success. And then you could see he slowly believed in what he was capable of doing in the NBA. And then once he did, the the top is off. Off he went. That next year he started throughout. You know, I think he averaged 18 and then he disappeared to Washington. But we're seeing a similar understanding of his skill set with Jordan Poole. You know, we saw it starting last yeah. year with the whole G League thing and the bubble thing. And then, you know, now you can see he's starting to believe that this isn't, you know, random success, that he can do this on a day-by-day basis. I'm here for it. Wes. I'm, I'm excited to see where this thing goes.
2: The thing, I mean, obviously the scoring and the efficiency stands out, how he's just sort of taken this opportunity to start in Clay Thompson's place and says, I'm not letting this go. You're not going to put me back on the bench until Clay comes back. Right. Uh, I love that. What I love even more than all of that is the trash talking and the level of confidence that he has. I mean, I don't know if you caught this on the broadcast, but, um, who's that, that, that tiny guard for Denver, uh, something like that.
1: Yeah. Who everybody hates. Yeah.
2: Um, he, uh, he was kind of like getting, Compasso was kind of putting his elbow into Jordan Poole. It was like, you know, they were trying to set up a play and he, and Poole was trying to get into like, um, you know, somewhere like around the free throw line. And, and Compasso was just sort of elbowing him, elbowing him, not letting him get to his spot um, before they checked the ball back in. And he's like, Poole's like kind of looking at the ref and be like, hey, you going to call this guy on something? Are you going to yeah, call this guy? On? And was like, you know, kind of starts chirping at him. And then Poole's chirping right back at him. I'm like, I love this. I love this so much. And then on the next drive down, or a couple of possessions later, he he hits like this really tough layup and, and, and falls one. into a camera guy, right? And stares and into the camera, at, looks straight into the camera, and he's just like gives you a look like I'm here. Love and, that. And and I I'm like, you know what that means? It means that the game is slowing down for That's him. Exactly it's, right. It, it it's like okay, you can take time to enjoy these kind of in between moments in a basketball game and trash talk and chirp and look into the camera and have fun. That's when you. You've now reached a higher level. He wasn't doing that as a rookie because he's not supposed to because he's a rookie. The game is moving fast for rookies and all these things. Now, in his third year, the game has slowed down, and you can see it. He's getting to his spots. He's more patient, all these things. I love everything that I've seen from Jordan Poole. I've been on the Jordan Poole bandwagon from day one, I loved what I saw from him at Michigan. Uh, the Warriors drafted him as sort of a three-point specialist, which was weird because he wasn't a good three-point shooter necessarily. He was fine, but not like a specialist in college. Um, I think they finally found where to play him, how to play him. They're con- they're giving him uh all the opportunity because Steve Kerr has said repeatedly nobody's worked harder in the last 2 years than Jordan Poole has and and I think it's it's starting to show here. And Bram, I mean all of this stuff it, it is I know that the Warriors developmental staff and and their track record for developing young players has gotten hits over the last few kind of you know uh gotten panned over the last few years but what they have done with Jordan Poole and what Jordan Poole has been able to do himself is a huge success because getting a guy at the end of the first round, we, can all, we could label him a first round pick, but he was 28th. You don't get guys there. Like That's right. not a place where you get right. rotation players. They have not just a rotation player, but if it wasn't for Klay Thompson, a borderline kind of starter caliber player right now in
1: Jordan Poole. Working backwards, what's so fun to see is all those people who are taking shots at Bob Myers about not being able to develop anybody or take somebody in the first round and who were using Jordan Poole as the example of why he wasn't good are now just as ferociously saying Jordan Poole is a is a goddamn all-star and will be unbelievable, yeah, can, which I love. They're not
2: allowed on the bandwagon. They're not allowed. Uh, I was yeah. on it <laughs> from day one. I was telling people from his rookie year, I'm like, look, is he kind of a jerk a little bit? Yeah, sometimes. Does he not know how to play basketball right now? No, he can't play basketball right this now. Is,
1: but this is – don't keep the, him off. Wes, don't keep on. So, I mean, you and I kick developed him off. an idea. We developed an idea years ago um, oh, yeah. as the developed. Warriors bandwagon yeah started coming up, and we said, look – you can be a Warriors fan, but they should have different color shirts. If I've been a Warrior fan forever, you know, I get the the deep yellow. If you've just started, you know, maybe it's like a white shirt. Same thing for Jordan Poole. You know what I mean? Like, of course, people are welcome on the back. We want as many Jordan Poole fans as possible, but I'd and like some shirts. way. Yeah, I want some way to distinguish it if you've been here from the beginning. And also, your take on him looking into the camera is so on the money, man. It's such a microcosm of where he has come from, right? Right. The amount of things that have to kind of conflate into that moment for him to feel comfortable to do that. Not just the actual and one, which was really impressive, Mm -hmm. but the personality trait to view yourself as enough of a star to like, oh, the people at home probably want to see me, you know, wink into the camera here. The presence of mind to realize where even the camera was, I bet you he could not have identified that at all last year. So no, it's exciting, but I tell you what-
2: and then helping the cameraman up, there's no faster way to my heart than an NBA player knocking over a cameraman and then helping the cameraman up. That's the it, fastest way to my heart.
1: You don't prefer them when they kick him immediately in the dick? That's not, <laughs> that's not the thing that you like to see go down? Second fastest way to my heart. <laughs> Something you don't. This one's kind of easy, um, at least for me. And it's, it's not unpredictable right Um, but it's that neither rookie is really in the rotation so I know that neither Moody nor Kaminga are going to be the reasons why the Warriors you know return to contention Um, but we're all kind of hoping that they can make a little bit of a splash and that would certainly start during the preseason like if if at any point they're going to play more than 15 minutes a night it would probably be now and it's not happening you know Moody is averaging about 10 minutes a game Kuminga's is only at eight. He just tweaked his right knee. So, I mean, it is what it is. It's not a really bad thing, but I wouldn't mind seeing a little bit more of these guys out on the floor.
2: Uh, I disagree with you completely here. Uh, I love that they're not playing these rookies early on. There is a level of urgency that exists with this team that we have not seen over the last two years. And I know that it's preseason, but there are so They are are operating with a level of uh, urgency that is so far beyond, hey, James Wiseman, you haven't played in a year. You played 69 minutes in college, no summer league, no training camp. Hey, why don't you go ahead and start against the Brooklyn Nets on opening night? Like the level of urgency and and, and of, of commitment to slow growth that they have to these rookies, I am so impressed with at this point. There is no reason to put Kaminga out there in a preseason game for extended minutes. Or Moses Moody. Yeah, it's what are you really – like, what, they, they're going to play 15 minutes in a preseason game and all of a sudden be ready? No. I, uh, Steve Kerr said it uh, during media day, I think, that, um, hey, yeah, development is going to come in practice, in scrimmages, in film session, that, and maybe during games. And that was such a turnaround, such a 180 from last year where it was like, hey, Wiseman, just be the starter, figure it out. Uh, which was obviously not the right decision. We could say that now in retrospect. And um, I love that they're just not relying on these guys. Now, there will will come a time where Otto Porter, Otto Corner Jr. gets hurt. There will be a time where Nemanja Bielitsa is not available. There will be a time where, you know, some of these backup guards, maybe, you know, Jordan Poole tweaks an ankle and he's out for a couple weeks. And then Moses Moody will have to play. I mean, there'll be opportunities for them to play during the regular season, But that stuff is just going to be like next man up. Hey, we don't really have any other options left. Hey, it's garbage time. We're winning or we're losing by 20. Just go out and go and do some stuff. I love that. I love that as a plan. I love that they're setting the foundation now because these other guys, I mean, they have so many new players, Bram, like they do need to get as much time on the floor for these guys so that when game one starts opening night, they're ready to just hit the ground running. I actually think Golden State is going to be really strong. In the early part of the regular season. Now, I don't know that they're going to end up being one of the top four or five seeds in the West, but I think it, right from the beginning, I just, I love the sense of urgency again to keep using that word. But I, I, I just, I feel like they're going to get off to a fast start
1: for the first time in a long time. I want to agree with you. I actually do agree with you, but I hated the way that you phrased that. I mean, if I remember right, you started that off by saying you are completely wrong. And I, I mean, you could have done that a little so bit I more gently. You. Well, you said like I completely just it was a pretty yeah. forceful disagreement. And I don't know if you had yeah. to do that. man. I, 100% I feel like with you. I already feel like the whole fantasy thing is coming between us. I think that's mm-hmm. why I think that's what led to that. So I want to agree, but I can't wholeheartedly. I have a ton. Of questions for you on this next segment before we get there let's take a break to hear from our commercial sponsor all right and we are back let's uh move on to a new segment one that'll be very familiar to you because i am stealing the name from a podcast we did together i'm gonna call it five golden questions wes and really what this is man is our mailbag um these come from listeners They get a little personal, although today we're kind of skate. Nothing too ugly. And our first one is a basketball question. Wes, who should start for Golden State to begin the year?
2: Like all five starters? Yeah. Um, No, just two of them.
1: Yes, all five? What are you talking about? Why would it like – that's what it generally means to say who should start for Golden State. Uh, Well, I think Steph should start. Good call. Okay, there you go. Let's move to the next question. Okay, who else? One shooter. (laughs)
2: Uh, (laughs) Uh, Andrew Wiggins, uh, Draymond Green, Kevon Looney, and Jordan Poole. I mean, I I have been sort of on the corner of, hey, Jordan Poole shouldn't start, and it has nothing to do with how good he is, but I just like the idea of just giving him that six-man role and letting him star in it and own it, and then that way when Clay does come back, he doesn't have to transition from starter to bench, right? Like, he's already used to being that sixth man And that sure. second unit kind of just understands how to operate. Now when Clay comes back, you kind of have this domino effect now where if Jordan Poole is the starter, um, Clay comes back. Jordan Poole goes from the starting lineup to the sixth man. uh, So that bumps somebody out of that sixth man role. It kind of has this domino effect on the rest of the second unit. How do they play? How do they operate around Jordan Poole and all of these things? Now I think there's ways for Steve Kerr, to kind of skirt around that a little bit, staggering Steph and Jordan Poole's minutes—that's another thing. If Jordan Poole and Steph are playing together, then how do you score when both of them are on the bench? Uh, because there will be minutes where both of them are on the bench. But um, I, I just, at this point, Jordan Poole has proven it and he's earned it, and it's—it's it's just sometimes you just have to reward people for the hard work and earning it and the performance. And I think Steve—and I know that's very much Steve Kerr's mantra—and—and and at this point, I just. I, Jordan Poole should probably start. I just – I have some questions about what that looks like later on. But you can't ignore what he's done.
1: You can't. I mean, you, you have to re- – And you got to reward it. That's exactly right. I agree with the starters and so much so that I'll just address the concern because I think you're right. I think what you do – and who knows if you're capable of this. And, again, you know, we're talking about preseason success. But you follow the Clay mold. You know, during the dynastic run, uh, obviously, Clay started and was sharing the court with Steph. But when we were both on the floor, Clay was off ball. You know, he was more of a supporting uh, scorer on the offensive side. And then when Steph came out and you staggered those moments, Clay would then be the lead scorer for the bench, you know, and I think you can do something like that with Poole. I don't know if he's ready to, to take on that large of a role, but we can certainly find out and to keep using the word earn, he's earned the right to figure out if he can do it. Uh, So that, that would be my starters too, man. Uh, How many minutes
2: requires, it requires also a shorter rotation, like those dynasty years had. Right. So that means less time for your rookies. Uh, That means I don't know if like, this sounds crazy. And I think there's some Warriors fans are like, you need to start James Wiseman once he's healthy. And that's no, you, you don't Kevon Looney has also earned that starting job. I don't know what the role for James Wiseman is right now. Like I, I think he might be more in the, in that, kind of place with Kaminga and Moody where it's like, we'll see if he gets game time. Because in order to do what you're talking about, you do have to shorten the rotation a little bit. And Nemanja Bielitsa does seem like the backup center right now. They love the floor spacing. And here's the other thing that Steve Kerr does, and that's kind of related to what you're saying. He likes to keep two of his best four players on the floor at all times. Where do, Is Jordan Poole one of the best four players? I mean, he is right now, because Clay's not playing. But when Clay does come back, I mean, as far as just impactful players, I feel like like where, You know what? I'm not ready to go to compare him and Wiggins. I do think right now Wiggins is still the better player specifically because what he can do defensively. But um, I, think they're, I think Jordan Poole's minutes have to be staggered the way that you're talking about. And lineups need to be built around him the way that you're talking about.
1: We're going to go back to Poole. You just gave me a great olive branch to a Weisman question. So we're going to go to Wiseman, but let me first follow up. One of the things I really like about preseason, I don't know, I, I forgot to put this in the first segment, is that Kuminga and Moody aren't really getting any minutes. I just i just like that. I like what it shows. Uh, but I mean, to to embrace this theme that you've brought on, and I think you're right. And one of the things that we really bitched about last year was that there wasn't a identifiable theme for the Warriors season. These guys trying to make the playoffs, these guys trying to develop Wiseman, who, who the hell is this franchise trying to be? And if we take your observations about the preseason as gospel, and I think you might be right, if like they are screaming, no, we know exactly what this year is. You know, this year is we are trying to get back into contention. Maybe people will be developed, but if they aren't, that's not our focus. Yeah. Which leads then to let's let's try to answer the question you just threw out here. When is Wiseman expected back and what are you hoping to see from him this year? Take that first part for me. The when is he expected back? Is is he the opening night? Will Wiseman be ready to go?
2: Um, I think it'll probably be like a week after opening night-ish. Okay. Right? Because he'll be healthy, and then he's kind of got to find his conditioning. Get in a game shape that and stuff, that kind of stuff. Get into game shape. And we know that the Warriors historically take time with that, and I think that's, by the way, the right approach is to take time with that. Um, so probably like a week-ish. Okay. Uh, is sort
1: of my guess. And then, so let's say he comes back in a week. Let's give him, you know, let's call it two, whenever it is. He's back, he's healthy, he's ready for a full complement of minutes. What are we hoping to see for him? So I'll go first to give you a second to think on this. Um, and if we've accepted, all right, like, you know, this this year's not about developing Wiseman. This year is about developing the Warriors title chances. What I'd like to see is a super JaVale McGee. And then if at some point, this might be asking too much, a little bit of David West. Here's what I mean. You know, we don't need him to start. Um, or if he does, same way they did with JaVale uh, McGee. You know, spot minutes. Starter more name than in practice. He comes in in the first, you know, five, six minutes, and then we he gets in where he fits at. But he's a rim runner. He's a rim protector. And then this would be the David West element. If he can give us even a slightly reliable 15 to 18 footer, not a lot, a bailout option. You know, after we've gone around and and he's left wide open from that range, if he can do that in like, kind of. 14, 16 minutes a night. I think that he will be able to both contribute and push his career forward a little bit. Am I asking for too much? Have I picked the wrong skill sets? What, how does that speak to you?
2: Um, I think that's really nice if the, if he has any of that, uh, but um, more so what I'm looking at um, again, I don't know what his night to night role is. I, I actually, I think it's going to be a lot closer to Kaminga and Moody where it's like, all right, if there's an opportunity to get you in the game, we'll get you in the game. But other than that, like you're not the first big off the bench, even over Uh, under
1: 15 minutes.
2: Oh, under. Yeah. I would go way under that. Um, How? I
1: mean, what what are you thinking? How many minutes over under 10 minutes?
2: Like per game by the end of the year. I hate how I, I, so here's a a quick, quick sidetrack here, but I hate how the NBA calculates its per game stats because a player could average, like 16 minutes per game, but play in four games. And then like the other 78 games are like DNP CDs, like you should, the average should be, a DNP <laughs> CD should count as zero minutes per game. And then you add all of that up and then divide by 82, right? Because six, like that player didn't average 16 minutes per game. That, aver- that player averaged four appearances in a season. Like that doesn't, so do you have uh, other
1: stats that drive you crazy?
2: I did not expect. No, well, a, yes, actually it, a lot, I hate but <laughs> no, I think there should be a block attempt rate, which I actually do think that the NBA, oh, no, no, I don't know. We don't have to, we don't have to talk about added. the stats
1: that you hate. I'm, I'm just more okay. interested okay. if you had some. Okay. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Okay. So it was a yes or no question. <laughs> yeah.
1: Really it really was gotcha. way more yes or no than anything else. Uh,
2: um. So with that said, I have no idea what to tell you uh, in regards to James Wiseman's minutes, but uh, I don't think that he'll play. I don't, I don't think he'll play 60% of the games. I don't think he'll play in 60% of the games. So here's what I'm looking at. Um, here, what I want from James Wiseman is I want him, Kaminga, and Moses Moody to form like a rookie club, like a young guy club within the Warriors locker room. I want those three. Because last year, James Wiseman was like 12 years younger than everybody else, right? Like He was not just the baby brother, but he was like the infant child of this family and like you know, yeah, you Draymond Green like trying to teach him like the 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 very basics of the game, where Draymond hasn't had to deal with the basics of the game since he was at Michigan State, right? Like he hasn't had to deal, and they're trying to kind of bring him along. And it just felt like, okay, oh, he's walking now. This is so exciting. Like oh, like he ate his first spoon of peanut butter or whatever babies eat. I don't know. Um, and and like whatever. And, that is and something now, you celebrate,
1: the first, the first spoon of peanut butter. It's a big deal. We have a lot of pictures of my daughter's first spoon of peanut smooth butter. Smooth, but not but, crunchy. Let's not be ridiculous. Of course it was. Crunchy. It's a baby. Yeah, man. yeah crunchy. That
2: would be irresponsible. Um, so that's what I want to see is why has been kind of uh, formed some sort of camaraderie and some sort of comfort with Kaminga and Moody where it's like, okay, we are like the three musketeers or whatever, and we're, we're, it's not our time now. But, like, we can't wait for the baton to be handed off to us. And I want them to start developing this chemistry that's going to be so important to the Warriors five, six, seven years from now, right now. That's what I want to start seeing. So I don't care about any of the 18-footers. I don't care about any of the encore stuff. I don't even care if we see James Wiseman in the game this year. I don't care if we see Kamingo or Moody in the game this year. It doesn't matter to me. I want to see that development being had behind the scenes. And I want to just see some sort of – I want them on the bench next to each other during games. Like, I want them joking and clowning around. I want to see that – from J- for James Wiseman specifically, because he was just so self-serious so much time. It's so no, hard on himself as a rookie. I want to see that levity because I think well, that'll be helpful. St- for him.
1: Start developing a home here. Start developing yeah. comfortability. Start developing the chemistry. That you're, I'm, I'm on board for all of that, but I'm not giving up on this year, Wes. He is one of two people on this roster who have a C next to his name. It's Kevon Looney and it's James Wiseman. I mean, I, I know that the Warriors go small. I know that Draymond can play center. You know, I know that we're going to see some creative lineups. But I definitely hope that you're wrong about Wiseman missing 60% of games. Um, and I, mean, I, I want to see this guy get some minutes to continue his development. And I, I understand that that's against what I was just saying previously, but I'm hoping he at least gets – eight to 10 minutes a night. And if nothing else is a rebounding force. I mean, if they can just use his physicality, you know, like not, no back to the basket stuff. Maybe I take away that 18 footer. I was just talking about maybe not even rim running. If all he is, is a rebounder and physical presence down there. That'll help the warriors. I I hope that we'll at least see that. I guess he's a
2: lousy rebounder as a rookie and in college, like he wasn't a very like physical rebounder. Um, He needs to develop like that strength, that'll come with time. It's not really a thing against Wiseman. He's just, he's not very strong relative to his frame right now. When he's learning, Uh, but you're right. Uh, They do like outside James Wiseman, they don't really have a guy who has the potential to grab 10 rebounds in a game. Right. And um, I think that'll be important, but against Denver, they were a good rebounding team who were missing a bunch of guys, but still um, they, the, the Nuggets rebounded 40, they got 43 rebounds. Well say had 42, right? It's a, it's a lot of team rebounding. And it's a lot of stuff like that. If it gets to a point where the rebounding is becoming too much of a concern, I could see Wiseman getting minutes. And I shouldn't say that he's going to miss 60% of his games or whatever. I don't know. You asked me for a number. That was the first thing off the top of my head. But um, I, I, I don't think it'll be a regular role the way it was last year, and it shouldn't be.
1: I heard Mike Brown on an interview. I think it was with 95.7 The Game. Um, but they're talking about Wiseman and they threw him a softball. Why do guards tend to develop faster than bigs in the NBA? And, you know, they, they were talking about lamella ball without talking about Lamelo ball. And what Mike Brown said really stuck with me. He said, look, these big guys, people of Wiseman's physical stature tend to dominate in the lower levels without having to develop at all. You know, they just show up in high school and they're way bigger and they're way stronger and you don't have to develop anything. They put their arms up and they average a 30 and 20. And then they start to develop in college a little bit, but they can still use that physicality. And it's not until the NBA when they're surrounded by people who have that same physical dominance that they actually have to start developing the skill set that will let them uh, dominate or achieve. And, you know, so it takes them a little bit longer. And then he applied that to Wiseman. Well, look at Wiseman. Didn't get to play at Memphis at all. And then he got hurt immediately in the NBA. And so I'm holding out hope, you know, led by Mike Brown's stated optimism that maybe just give him some minutes, give him some time, an awful go back to uh, optimism. How many points per game for Jordan Poole this year?
2: So he averaged 12 all of last season. And then when he kind of really got going, when he got back from the G League, it was like 14 and a half or something like that. Yeah um and so
1: and it's 23.5 during the preseason so
0: far
2: yeah it won't be that
1: but uh i think i think like
2: 16 17 per game yeah is is um on a on a better efficiency clip which is the more important stat to me than the raw points per game um that's what i'm that's kind of what
1: i'm expecting yeah i'll say uh I'll prices right you. I'll go 16.5. So Matty Stats, put me down on that. Here's a question I was most excited to hear your answer to. Who do you think is the worst liar on this team? And if you want, I'll go first to give you some uh, some time to think here. Yeah, Go ahead, yeah. I'm thinking um, so. Yeah. I wanted to say Steph, right? Yeah, that's because the, the first whole one that like came to my mind, oh yeah. yeah. And, and you think that because the whole baby faced thing, and like you, you assume and like the religious thing, and you assume that yeah. he, he's never in that, but I don't, I'm not gonna say that. I feel like, and, and there shouldn't be a competition, um, connection to Lion, but the competitor in him makes me feel like he has occasionally lied and would be sneaky good at it, so I'm not taking him. Um, I feel like Damian Lee thinks he's a really good liar, but isn't, but, you know, but I, I again, I don't think he's the worst liar on the team. The guy I'm taking is Kevon Looney. He strikes me as that dude. who, if he tries to lie, would start laughing, you know, like almost like yeah. immediately, um, and would almost just tell you like, no, 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 no. And then, and just back out or not even finish the sentence. So he's my guy. I think that if you had to pick a liar on the team, you should avoid Kevon Looney at all costs.
2: That's a spot on take. And like the guy that I was also thinking was like James Wiseman. I don't want to talk about Wiseman more than we already have, but like, I feel like he couldn't lie. Like he literally just be like, I don't want to do that. I'm not going to yeah. lie to you. Uh, but Kevon Looney would at least like give it a, the old college try. And then you're right. He would just start cracking up right in the middle of it. You're absolutely right. Like, you know, yeah, um, can I tell you about my, my favorite shoulder. Damian Lee interview? Yes, please. Um, he got in like, this is uh, the 15 win season. And I think we were in Chicago, um, and I was talking to him about his body transformation because he like talked about in an interview how he lost like, you know, eight percent body fat or something like that, whatever. Um, and I asked him about it, and I was like, "What was the key to that?" And he was like, "I just had to stop eating curly fries, man." <laughs> that was it. That was it. And he goes, "I." What was he eating? <laughs> I was. That's what. That was obviously my follow up. It was like, how many. He was like, man, I just love fries. I love curly fries. But honestly, I was eating a lot of fries, like regular fries, crinkle cut, waffle fries. It was kind of like the Forrest Gump scene where he, started, <laughs> like, where he started the different shrimp. And I was just like, oh, OK, like a lot of curly fries. And like the amount of time we discussed French fries in that interview versus the amount of times I mentioned French fries in my article was not equal. Like I, it was like one line about French fries. I think I actually, put Damian Lee eliminated, you know, fatty foods such as curly fries, comma, something else and something else. Right. Uh, but that was most of our interview was about French fries.
1: I love the idea that, you know, so like Damien Lee is sitting somewhere. I got to get my career to this next level. I know I have the talent. One of the things I can do probably is improve my body. It's like, all right, I'm going to hire a nutritionist sits down with the nutritionist. You know, they're like, all right, what do you normally eat, <laughs> dude? And then you know, like the he's eight pages in and it's still all potatoes. And the nutritionist is like, oh my God. Like, well, this is going to be pretty easy. You know, right. we're aiming at about 8% and there's just one thing you need to stop. Like, what are you doing? Man? Swap the potatoes for a salad and I think you're going to be happy <laughs> you're be, with yeah. It's like, yeah, I need about a week. He, he just collected all of his money. You know, it's just, yeah. I've come up with the one amazing piece of advice for you. No more potatoes. There you go, Damien. Uh, I feel like you are secretly a good liar, Wes. I feel like you don't do it very often. You probably keep it in pocket. And I bet you people expect you to only be honest, you know, just because it's not really part of your outgoing personality. But when you need to, I bet you're very, very capable at it. Am I right about that? So I actually would have disagreed with you uh, about
2: uh, a little bit more than a month ago. I would have disagreed with you. (laughs) Um, I I always thought I was a terrible liar. And I found that you're right. I, I don't like to lie. I don't, I, am not really in like, I'm, I'm kind of in the business of truth. So there's not really a lot of opportunity. Like I don't, I think there are people who do enjoy lying and actually do have to lie for work. Right. Like I used to be in sales. I have to lie all the time, but (laughs) since I've been a full-time journalist, I haven't had to lie so much. and, And that's been an enjoyable thing for me because you're right. I don't like to lie. It's not a thing I want to keep track of mostly. Um, but, um, I do find that I like to lie in a joking kind of way. Like one of like one of my favorite things to do is like when my fiance will be like, hey, did you get this thing from the store? And my, my favorite answer is no, even though I did. And then she'll like get kind of mad at me. And then I'll be like, I'm kidding. I actually disaster did." disaster here. You know, like that. I hate
1: those. Yeah, I, I still I'm gonna... it's a
2: terrible joke. I understand that. And it, it, it's even worse the more you do it. And I probably
1: do it once every other day. I'm going to take it further. You don't have to agree with me. I'm going to say you're like John Wick of liars. Here's what I mean. Like reluctant hero. <laughs> Like you don't want to, dude. Like at no point, you know, like you're not a liar. You don't want to be involved. It in, like it's not gonna happen. But those occasions in your life that yeah. require you to, it's game time. You know, like John Wick didn't really want to fight those dudes, but like when they killed his dog, he didn't have a choice and he was incredible at it. I don't think you want to lie, but when right. you do, dude, like you know, you're phenomenal. I will stab reckless. a person with a pencil you know, if I have to. Verbally, right? I mean, verbally, like, I mean, of course. Yeah, it's like it's like a verbal lie. Exactly right. We yeah. go to our last question. Uh, how does Wiggins vaccination change your outlook for this team? Um, Okay. So I think if
2: your listeners are listeners of my podcast, they probably hate me talking about this because I spent like three or four days in a row talking about this, Um, but it was the biggest story in the preseason when he wasn't vaccinated. It wasn't
1: hated Wes. I can tell you, I'm glad you gave me a chance to get some of this bitterness out of my heart. We, the, the people who are nice enough to support us on Patreon are part of a Slack channel, And so we, we talk and we share great jokes all the time. And over the last week, you got like five or six mentions of like, oh, Wes said this about Wiggins and Wes said that. And to the point, dude, where one, I didn't tell you about it because I got bitter. Two, it's like, why are we talking about Wes's podcast at all on this channel? It doesn't make any (laughs) sense. So no, apparently not only were they not annoyed, but they really enjoyed it, which made me hate you a little bit.
2: Well, good, because there's a vocal minority. I hope it's a minority uh, that just absolutely... I, I've had. I've never had to block more people on Twitter than I've had in the last week. Like, it's getting... It's so annoying. Can you
1: send them to my Slack channel? I, if they have bad things to say about you, that'd be, that'd be <laughs> fun. We'll, we'll do that off the air. That'd be great. Um,
2: uh, Wiggins. I think... Yeah, I thought the, it was... Easily the biggest storyline of the preseason because if they didn't have, if he didn't get the vaccine, he wouldn't, he wasn't gonna be able to play in 41 games this year. And I thought, if that were the case, then the Warriors don't make the playoffs. It's that simple. Like, you just don't make the playoffs. If Clay Thompson is missing half your season and Andrew Wiggins is missing half your season, like, you don't, you don't make the playoffs. Um, now that Wiggins is back, he just, the reason the Warriors traded for him is because he clicks all the lineups into place. Like, he is the ultimate glue guy on this team and without him i think all the lineups just sort of fall apart because he's the only true small forward on this roster and so um yeah with him in place i think they're right my my outlook kind of goes back to what i thought it was before all the vaccine stuff which is i think this is a team that could compete to get out of the playing tournament in the west in the regular season that
1: of the what's the highest seed they can rake i mean at the end of the regular season where will they be in the west Oh, the highest? Like, what's their ceiling? Yeah, what do you, I mean, like, if, if, um, make it as optimistic and as rosy as you can.
2: What, so I think if, the third if, Yeah, probably okay. be, like, the absolute ceiling. Like, that would require, like, I think Utah is going to be the number one seed because that's just kind of what they do. Um, I mean, and, and, yeah, I mean, obviously, but, like, yeah, they'll, they'll crush it in the regular season and we will be like, oh, did, like, the Jazz actually, is it different this time? And then it won't be. Um, uh, I think, like, one of the Suns or the Lakers could probably get to, to two – why do I feel like I'm missing a team? But, um, uh, yeah, but like the Lakers thing can get weird, you know, like they could sustain injuries. Like LeBron's had a major injury two of the last three years. They might Um, lose to the same goes to Anthony Anthony Davis,
1: natural causes. They might just die, you know, along the way. (laughs) Jeez. I don't wish that on anybody.
2: Um, talk about a. (laughs)
1: Oh, now you made me sound terrible. Now you made me sound terrible, dude. All right. We're going to have to cut that segment. You bastard.
2: Uh, Phoenix, like I like, I like Phoenix. I just think their their rotation is really, really solid. But you know, again, like I don't think last year was a fluke. But maybe like the regular season wins were like maybe that starts teams start yeah. to catch up on them a little bit. Um, so, uh, but yeah, then, then I think the Warriors are like anywhere in this mix of the Clippers, the Nuggets, the Mavericks. I think you could kind of maybe throw Portland in there. They kind of scream to me as like a regular season success team that will, as Portland always does, fail in the playoffs. Um, <laughs> Yeah, I think they're, I think the Warriors are right in that mix. And if they're there, then yeah, their ceiling would be three, but I, I do have, I, I feel like they'll be closer to like six.
1: So to put these conversational topics together, where the Warriors will be, and then the effect of Wiggins vaccination. We're spoiled, right? We, we get to watch people like Steph Curry, generational talents. You know, our, our perception of what a superstar is, is affected by watching one of the you know, most talented players in the NBA. We have people like Clay. We watched KD come through here. I mean, we, we have been starstruck. But one of the downsides on that is you tend to undervalue talent like Andrew Wiggins. I mean, he, he doesn't fit in that category. He'll never fit in that category. It's one of the reasons why he disappointed people in Minnesota. But he's still a max guy, you know, and to lose a max guy's talent for half of your games is not a small fucking deal. And so to now add that max talent back to those 41 games is a big deal. And if we now realize, because I agree with you, the West is weird. Um, There are some teams that will absolutely be there. We know that for sure. The top teams like the Lakers, we know that for the Jazz, everything you said, I agree with. And then there's that huge weirdo block in the middle. I have no idea what to do with Dallas. I don't know what to expect from them at all. I don't really know what to do with Phoenix. And so if the Warriors didn't have somebody like uh, Wiggins and you put them in that giant blobby middle, I don't know where the hell they come out, but chances are it's at the back end of it. Now that we're putting him in there, it at least gives them way more of a shot to to come out in the top half. So I, last week we did predictions and we said at that stage, we were positive that Wiggins wasn't coming back. And I said, they were a playing team. You know, they were looking at like the, they, they make it in the seventh. They scare Utah in the first round and then they ultimately lose with Wiggins here. That changes for me. I think that they are a five seed now, maybe even a four seed. They might have, you know, some home games, or home court advantage in the playoffs when it begins. So I, I, it's not a small thing, I guess, is the, the fastest way to say that.
2: No. And if anybody thought it was a small thing, I, I, don't, I don't know what kind of basketball you've been wanting. Like that whole blobby group in the West, like, I mean, let, just do a one on one. Who on the Warriors? If Andrew Wiggins is not available for a home game, who on the Warriors guards? Paul George or Kawhi Leonard, right. who on the Warriors guards? Luka Doncic, who on the Warriors guards? Like any of those guys that are in that little blobby space, like you don't have anybody. And like, yeah, all oh, Clay Thompson will come back in January, and then we don't know what Clay Thompson's going to look like defensively. Right.
1: So I, yeah, Andrew Wiggins, it, that's a, that's a really big deal. Well, and even if Clay is Clay, he's not going to be Clay in January. You know, like it's going to, I mean, if, even if he's Wolverine, even if he comes back and and his body ultimately gets to the place it was before it got hurt, it's not instantaneous. He's going to need some time to ramp up. And And you need two wing defenders.
2: Like you can't be like, all right, we got one wing defender.
1: Cool. Well, and you can't, you don't enter into the beginning of the season with a a starting lineup that, you know, features Damian Lee again. Uh, You know, it's just, it it would have been a hard thing to get over. So it's a hell of a, uh, a hell of an addition. Here's the most important thing we're going to talk about Wes. So I, at the end of each of these, I throw a softball. You know, where can we find more Goldberg in our life? And I want to do that, but I want to make a big deal about it because you're going through. You've got some big announcements, man. So, Mike is yours. What's going on professionally for you? How can we make sure to support you, to follow you, to get as much of your content as we can?
2: So, a lot of things are up in the air, but I've officially moved to Miami. If your listeners don't know this already. Uh, I quit my job as the Warriors beat writer at the San Jose Mercury News. I am one of several jerks who have moved to Substack, um, though I hope to be a little bit less jerky about it. And um, uh, I'm really excited for that opportunity because I'm going to be able to to tell the stories and do the kind of writing and analysis that I've always wanted to do without having to deal with the, the natural limitations that come with working at a newspaper, right? And that's nothing against the Mercury News. I loved everybody that I worked with there, but it's a newspaper at the end of the day and, and, and you know, you know, it's a, it's not doing. It's not an industry that's not doing so
1: strong, right Of course. Here. But so um, how do I do that then? If if so, I, I mean, of course, I know. But treat me like I'm remarkably ignorant. <laughs> if I did want to follow you on the Substack, what does that mean? Where do I go?
2: Westgoldberg.substack.com. Uh, it's it's a website that is coming soon. I'm not doing any work on that right now. I am doing work behind the scenes, trying to get it prepared. But you can subscribe for free. Right away, so that when I do start working, you'll know about it because my work will get delivered directly into your inbox. No muss, no fuss. Um, And that's it. So I very highly encourage anybody that's listening, it's not going to be Warriors content necessarily, but if you're uh, I appreciate just, you know, signing up and getting on the free subscription
1: list. That'll be fun. I'm sure there um, will be some Warriors content since, you know, you know, just to make sure that the listeners are going to sign up to your yours. I mean, lie to them. Use that incredible John Wick skill. Tell them it's going to be.
2: It's going to be all Warriors content yeah, from see, Miami. I knew
1: you'd be good at this. I
2: Whatever the intersection of Warriors content in Miami <laughs> is, I have it. It's a niche type of publication, but
1: I'm going to own that. The West side thing. I like the graphic. Um, yes. I it's saw it on a, yeah. Twitter. It's nice. It's, it's kind of classy. You've, you very obviously spent time on it. Jokes aside, you know, I'm, I will certainly be following you on there and uh, congratulations on the professional switch, man. It sounds like all big things ahead. Thank you. Uh,
2: and then for your listeners, I mean, I will be continuing with Locked On Warriors for, uh, until we figure out the transition thing with the Locked On Podcast Network. So Still find me on Locked On Warriors, and like when I leave Locked On Warriors, eventually I'm not sure when it's going to be. I, I don't even. I might be doing it into the regular season. I literally have no idea what's going on. But um, you know, when I leave Locked On Warriors, eventually Locked On Warriors will still be around, and the Locked On Podcast Network does a really good job of finding hosts who do good work, so um, they'll be in good hands there. But um, hopefully, I'll still be around on this podcast, Bram. This, Hopefully, this is not the last time you invite me on, despite. Um, our attention early on in the episode. But yeah, I no guess promises. we'll see how the fantasy league yeah, goes.
1: No promises. That's exactly right. We'll see. If if you're terrible in fantasy, absolutely. I love having you on here. If if you end up beating me, like I said, no promises.
2: Well, there's uh, a good chance I'll be returning to this podcast.
1: Then. Good. Well, then yeah, there you go. Uh, for us. So this, Wes, is the last non-video version of the huddle. Wow. We're going to, yeah, we're going to start doing video. Um, we're doing it only for our Patreon listeners. And so if you would like to see. I thought our- you were
2: going to go to OnlyFans. That's what you were texting well oh, i these. am no
1: i do that's a whole different thing that's a whole different and i thought it's oh, a different I, oh, oh okay. i felt like i was pretty clear about keeping that just between you and i that's weird uh but whatever you know outside of my only fans presence we're gonna be having a video component to this if you would like to see our occasionally smiling faces uh see a copy of maxime's tree climbing uh club card by the way th- this will we talked about hobbies last week and we had, we revealed the hobbies that you would never think that somebody would have. And Maxime was, he's a member of the International Tree Climbing uh, Committee, which yeah. I, so many questions come from there. But anyways, if, if Didn't you he just like run like
2: a triathlon or something, did I see that on Instagram or, yes, or was yes. that the tree thing?
1: No, he, he did. He ran a triathlon. We're going to talk about that. I had no that. idea he was like so fit. I know it bothers talks about, me. like.
2: Yeah, technology and stuff. I mean, he's your producer. He sets up all the stuff. I'm like, oh, he's like a he's kind of like a computer oh. nerd. I just assume you put that label no. on the guy immediately. You know, he's got
1: it's fine. changed his like body posture and shit. I, I grabbed a drink with him and he came in. But you could tell he feels like crazy in shape and athletic. It's annoying. Wow. Dude. I don't know. I don't like it at all. Mind um, you a
2: producer who can do both. I guess.
1: I mean, I guess, dude. I guess. So if you guys want to see Maxim uh, <laughs> Maxim's newfound athletic prowess or any of our smiling faces, support us up on Patreon to do that go to patreon look up warriors huddle and you know for as little as a dollar a month you can make a giant difference for us with that in mind go warriors hopefully see you next week
0: Good, good.